Welcome back to another episode of the Spencer Burke Podcast. Parker, get ready to press one of the buttons. Yep. Episode. These do. Episode ten. We did it. Uh, oh, oh no, dude, do a good one. Oh, damn. there we go. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to Spencer Burke Podcast. We're here today with Parker Rep, based out of Irvine, yo, yo, California. Yo, 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 yo. Talking about BMW M3s, we're only talking about cars today. We also have a clip of Lil Uzi Vert revving his Urus on a cold motor. Also, TJ Hunt's brand new purchase, Finding Nick, bought a GTR. And to finally finish off the episode, a $280,000 Bugatti watch. Yes, sir. Welcome to the Spencer Brook Podcast. Oh, my God. uh, That was crazy, man. Are you okay after that? I lost my breath. I can't see anymore with the monitors like this. Maybe you should scoot it over because I don't know. So we moved stuff around. Um because we're trying to organize and stuff and we we think we got a, a good uh good situation and then look at this exhaust up here this good old valvetronic my custom x-pipe that he sent me with my name on it thank you so much austin i appreciate that the king uh if you can excuse my voice today been talking a lot so far it's been a busy monday for my social media agency we have a bunch of stuff going on here uh trying to close new deals get new clients for social media new seo and website clients so my voice is a little bit gone but um we're gonna start off with one very rare car. Parker, I want you to talk about this thing because I found this on Bring a Trailer and you're the E46, man. You know about this car more than I do. Yeah, so I actually saw this before you even mentioned it um, on Bring a Trailer. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> it's just saying. It's not like rubbing your face. It sounded like you're like, yeah, I saw it first, actually. No, no. <laughs> just I saw it previously. Okay. Um, so this says one of... Just 14 examples imported to North America, uh, finished in messing metallic, which we'll put that on the screen right here. Uh, it's a beautiful color. It's kind of like an olive green, I would say, but in the sunlight, it has kind of a yellow uh, hue to it. Yeah, it's definitely like an olive color, which it looks very classy on this car. It definitely shows a little bit more of the body line and in different lighting too. The, the photos are taken in the shade, so I can't imagine what it'd be like in direct sunlight. Yeah, one, one of the ones you put on here um has a little bit of sunlight on it looks amazing yeah it's it a, almost looks like phoenix yellow it's like, such a strange color it's hard to pick it up on camera but uh e46 m3 92,000 miles reportedly it's one of 14 in north america which is insane super rare spec uh car was first originally registered in british columbia before being brought to the u.s in 2016 and acquired by the seller last year uh the the car originally was smg the owner converted it to a six-speed manual props to you that's a way to do it uh, also replaced the pinion seal, changed the engine oil, flushed all the differential fluid and the coolant. Uh, it was offered, let's see, has everything with the car. Service records, factory books, manuals, clean car facts uh, based out of Illinois title in the seller's name. Uh, it sold on Bring a Trailer for $22,000. Yeah, that's actually, I mean, oh, so I had 92,000 miles. That's That seems like a pretty good deal. And manual swapped. Yeah, I mean the the original manuals go for more, so that's probably why it was a little bit cheaper. Mm-hmm. An original manual and less mileage would probably go for past thirty k, but twenty two is a really good deal for this. Yeah, th- and that's a individual car. You get something that nobody else has. Yeah, or, or you, fourteen. You basically, people. won't find this anywhere else. Yeah, I like the color of it. I don't like. Um, I, th- I think this is a non competition with those wheels. I don't like those wheels that much, but I think with the color, it suits the the whole style in the car. Yeah. It's not too flashy. It's more of like a classy spec. Definitely. I think this is like a kind of a collector's car. Like you'd probably keep this in the garage and rarely drive it. Yeah. These are, these are cool though. They're rare spec. They 
have the 3.2 liter S54 inline six, which was like 333 horsepower. Uh, I'm not saying that like I know it. I'm just reading off the topic I have here. But nonetheless, it's a cool car. It sold on Bring a Trailer. Bring a Trailer is one of my favorite websites. I love that website. Yeah, I always look at cars on there, but and most of them are like, well, I think to get on Bring a Trailer, they have to be like really well documented and like have like over 100 photos. So it's always cool to see, you know, the pristine examples of these cars. I, I like that too with Bring a Trailer. It's, you know, when you go on there, it's going to be an authentic car that somebody really took care of. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a cool car. So Bugatti being the crazy brand that they are, uh, they make amazing cars. I've had the great opportunity of driving multiple Veyrons and spending time with some Chirons and even EB110 had some really cool times with these cars. They came out with a watch that's $280,000 that has a tiny working W16 engine. W16 is the motor in the Bugattis, basically two V8s put together with some bunch of turbos on there, four of them. Uh, it's more of a thing where like when you're that rich, like what else can you do? Like what else are you going to buy? I don't know. I, I couldn't, I didn't like believe you when you said it actually (laughs) had like a tiny W16 in it, but it, it does. And like the, you can see there's like uh, springs kind of looks like coilovers almost where, uh, I didn't even see that. That's crazy. Like there's so many small details. I had to like zoom in and apparently the turbos are somewhere. I can't see them though. Yeah. That's has an exhaust. I'm pretty sure. That's, that's what happens when you're like a billionaire and you're like, oh, well, I already have 50 cars and I have a car that's 3.5 million. Why don't I buy a watch? Doesn't even make a dent at $280,000. Yeah. That's insane. It's just a weird flex. If it it like is. It. A homage to the 1500 horsepower hypercar, the Bugatti Chiron. They made a, basically a tiny replica of the engine and W16 put it in a watch. Maybe. And they say, they say it's truly the best way to show everyone how absurdly wealthy you are. I, I believe that. Maybe Manny should get one to compliment his cheer on. I, should, I think that'd be cool. Should yell down to him right now. Yeah. Let's like, Manny, you need to buy this. <laughs> he probably already has it. Probably. It's probably on his desk and he just doesn't even tell anybody. Layered beneath a bulky sapphire crystal and suspended within four shock absorbers, the miniature motor actually moves. You push the right-hand crown and the turbo spool. <laughs> I didn't even see this. Whoa. The crankshaft turns over and even the teeny tiny pistons pump up and down. There's even a function for fuel reserve that monitors the watch 60-hour battery reserve. That's crazy. 578 pieces inside of this watch. It took more than a year for Jacob & Co. to create this. Price tag of $280,000. Price of a small house, yeah, in like Michigan or like Ohio. Or the price of a 720S McLaren. But if you can afford a $3 million Chiron, you probably won't notice an extra $280,000 missing from your overseas bank account. (laughs) Very true. That's a great article. Uh... I'm going to stick with an Audemars Peugeot. I'll do a Royal Oak for a carbon forge for like thirty to $40,000. Um, yeah. I'm not spending move. I'm not spending a quarter million on a watch, man. I mean, maybe, but I just don't. There's so many watches, though, that are like over a million dollars or like a yeah. couple million. So I'm actually surprised this isn't more. I mean, you, you look at like Richard Mill and like those ones, and those ones can cost half a million to a million dollars. So coming from a brand like Bugatti, I, I guess you're right. It, I wouldn't be surprised if this was a million dollar watch. Yeah. Bugatti price their watches higher. So I guess it's a deal. <laughs> Should we get one? Maybe let's, let's split one for a marketing expense. All right. Even though we could do uh we could both build our engines to like a thousand horsepower each. No problem. Oh yeah. On the, on the, we can just have a freaking watch. I don't, I'll I don't get, know. let's, let's do the watch. Yeah. Now I'll seems, do a, I'll seems. do a stroker kit. I'm going to call 
I'm going to call it 200 Motorsports. Well, you can stroke your watch. <laughs> you can stroke the W16. Very yeah. true. I'll uh, see if we can upgrade the, the camshaft in that watch. Uh, TJ Hunt, he recently picked up a 370Z. Uh, TJ Hunt's been a good friend of mine for a while. I sold him a GTR about three or four years ago, and I even knew him before that um, when he came to Cars and Coffee in San Diego when he had his BRZ when it was white. I remember that car so well. Uh, he has a couple different cars. He had a 350Z that he built out to be a complete drift car, uh, 2JZ, I believe in it. And I don't want to say it's overbuilt, but it's very, very, very powerful. And I believe TJ is more of just like an enthusiast drifter. He's not, he's not trying to be like a pro FD or anything like that. And he, he, he's already built like a Ferrari GT3. He had a GTR currently has an RX seven and a bunch of other cars. So, um, from my understanding, his goal was to purchase a car that was an all motor vehicle. So I'm assuming he's going to do like an angle kit some tires, suspension, and then like, that's it. Maybe an exhaust and make it a drift car from what I understand. Did you see his recent video? Yeah, I watched it. So he said he's doing, I think it's a full wise fab, uh, suspension kit, which will be cool. Um, and then, yeah, he said it had some like wobbling issues probably from like the wheels being unbalanced. Yeah. But he said he's getting new wheels and he said he already has a lot of parts coming for it. So whenever they come in, they're going to be installing that. But yeah, he's keeping the motor stock. Um, cause this is going to be like his practice car. So a lot of drifters have their competition car and then their practice car, which I'm surprised that this is going to be like a practice car. I mean, I don't know much about uh, drifting, but I'd assume you want the cars to be like very similar. Yeah. You know, like same engine, kind of same setup. Um, But I don't know much. So maybe this will help them a lot with like, being able to practice um, and kind of slam it into walls more. I think, yeah, I think what's going to happen for him is he's going to start sharpening his dynamic. So he's going to be much more of a well-rounded driver because when you get into a car that let's say it's 500 to 600 horsepower, fully built race car, um, you you get this experience that's like 50% and above. I think he's trying to hit the 50% and below of sharpening up his driving skill with either entry or angles or clutch kicking or gear shifting, something like that, where he can really tighten up all of his drift skill set. So I think that's going to help a lot with just having a car that you can throw around. And like you said, you can hit a wall and you're not going to worry about it. Yeah. Um, he picked up the car for $8,300. It's a salvage title car with 74,000 miles on it. Um, had some death wobble from what I understand. I guess he was going over like 50 and the wheel was shaking back and forth. Also, he had harnesses in it or he bought it with harnesses and it was mounted to the rear plastic section, which if you get into an accident, that's not going to support you. No, it's going to snap right It's off. like a shelf. It's I don't know what it is, but he... Um, he bought it to thrash it pretty much. And I think that he's going to enjoy the hell out of that car. Um, I'm assuming that I know what he said in the video is going to sit down and order all the parts, which I'm excited for. I want to see him like spec everything out and order it. And then everything come in at once, which I think is really fun to watch. Yeah. Especially since it's like a, like a kind of lower end car that is pretty obtainable for most people. Like a lot of people own these. Um, it's always cool to see those builds and kind of get inspiration. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the 350 or 370Z. Yeah. But I still love watching all of TJ's videos. So yeah, same I'm here. looking forward to it. I mean, when he when he does like uh, engine work on one of his cars that I may not be interested in, I still watch everything because I learned something from it. So he's bringing a lot of education and entertainment, especially for the Nissan, like the Z world of the 350 and 370. I bet so many people learned a million new things when he's rebuilding that car. Uh, and I think he's, he brings a lot of value to the community. So TJ, shout out to you. I was DMing him this morning. He just has a new launch coming out and, uh, he has a new face mask, which I really want to get one of those. And, uh, 
Yeah, he's been a good friend, man. I'm happy to see him do so well. It's, it's crazy to see the success, how fast he blew up, especially both of us being from San Diego. He's yeah. from San Diego. We've seen him at all the car shows, and he, I've talked to him a lot about stuff that he's done, and the, the, the dude just never stops, man. That guy hustles every day. Yeah, I want to meet I don't think I've ever met him, but... But you you wear you wear hand me down shirts yeah and he DMs me he's like bro I got to get him a new shirt he's wearing a <laughs> shirt from like 2011 <laughs> I know I like that shirt I mean the maroon one well yeah that's funny uh so talking about new cars for people congratulations to finding Nick good friend of mine he picked up a 2015 Black Edition Nissan GTR he has an E92 M3 he just sold his E36 M3 and he's building an E46 M3 can you get any more BMW baller than that it's so cool. That's insane, man. He he. I'm, jealous. I'm very jealous too. Uh, the car is completely stock, no mods. It's a um, black edition, so it has a carbon fiber wing, Recaro seats, and uh, the Volk wheels on it. And he plans on doing a lot of mods to it. He has a YouTube channel that does really consistent views. Do you watch his videos? Uh, some of them. Yeah, I, I don't watch like every single one because there's so many people to keep up with. It's, I know it's crazy. I like don't find the time to watch everyone, but when I have extra time, I definitely watch his videos. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll binge watch a channel and then I'll be like, all right, I'm good for two months and then come back again. And they have 40 more videos. I'm like, Oh my God, here goes my whole night. But he has been fighting for this car for a long time. He came into my office a couple of times to help with editing. He helped me edit all my, um, Burke university, my social media training courses. He edited all those for me. And, um, he's been a big part of, you know, helping me with a lot of projects and helping me film and seeing him at car shows. He's been nothing but nice. So I'm very happy that he got this car for himself. He treated it for himself for his birthday. He made it Thankfully, I think it was a month late, but he, regardless, he still got it. And he's going to have a lot of fun with that car. That's a big step up from E92. Oh, yeah. Well, isn't he keeping the E92? Pretty sure. I'm pretty sure, yeah. I don't know if he's, like, talked about it. But, yeah, that's going to be a really cool garage. Because I, I watched that full uh, video of him going to get it. And, yeah, he, like, posted multiple photos about how, like, it was his dream to have an E92 and uh, M3 and then a GTR in his garage together. So, yeah, that's that's super awesome. Kind of to see like a little bit um, of the background work that goes into his channel and stuff like that, and seeing what he's done for you, and super awesome. Yeah, I'm going, excited to see the build. Going from him documenting day one of his car, then building up his YouTube channel, and I, I think he does a lot of stuff with Four One Two Motorsports now. So it's cool to see the overall progression from somebody starting from I don't want to say very little, but starting from a scratch point where you don't have a lot to film and then out of nowhere his channel gets big and he's documenting stuff and he's consistent and it shows it pays off man um financially and it, it did for him so he's got a gtr now a couple m3s and i'm ex- i'm honestly i like the gtr but i'm very excited to see the drifting content from the e46 yeah i haven't been following the e46 much but i'm not sure if there's too many videos on that but i'm definitely going to be watching those yeah me too so uh i want to give a shout out to our good friend life apollos he was uh, I'd say a big inspiration towards starting our podcast because his format where he takes news from yesterday or the day before and he puts everything together in a video where you can find out what the the biggest YouTubers are doing. So he collects all the information from Daily Driven Exotics or Alex Choi um, or Stradman, whoever it is, and he puts it all into a good like you know five to fifteen minute video and he explains what's going on. So. Like we were just talking about Parker and I, we don't have the ability to watch 50 YouTubers at once. I subscribe to a lot of people and I can't keep up with everybody. Um, So this format that he does is really cool. I'm I'm a big fan of what he does. Parker, you watch his videos, right? Yeah, I've definitely seen some of them. Um, But, you know, like we said, it's so hard to keep up with like every single video that people put out. 
Um, but I think he has like a really good kind of setup, you know, like I love how he just kind of reports like the most interesting things or maybe some drama mm-hmm. that's going on or like supercar community news. I think it's a really good like idea. Yeah, I think so too. And the, the main thing that I got from that was, um, I don't want it to come off as like rude, but I think that those kind of people already get so much attention that they, they get so much exposure, which is not a problem at all because people want to know, okay, what is Stradman doing? What is happening here? What's goon squad? Like, what are these people doing? And in a highlight video, it's easy to, I would call it like snackable content where you can just understand what's going on and move on. Um, but I feel like the, the reason why I started this podcast with you, Parker, is so we could highlight smaller creators not yeah. so much creators, but people who have a really cool M3 that don't get the exposure that I feel like that I think they deserve right. for putting all their time and money into a car and they document, they have 5,000 followers on Instagram and they're like a doctor. They just don't have time yeah. to be like, look at me. But I think when I can make a, uh, uh, I think when we can make a platform like this to share what they're doing, their story, their reason why that more people can go to their page and be like, Hey, what, what's your wheel setup? I love your wheels. Hey, what kind of engine mounts are you like that kind of stuff that makes me the happiest. So the format that he's done has inspired us to make a podcast that goes, okay, we'll highlight five people every time in this podcast to say, Hey, Nick, congratulations on your GTR or Hey, here's an E92 M3 that was at the ring at the Nürburgring. Let's talk about their car. Yeah. And I, I feel like we're going to get a lot of, you know, good recommendations on who, who else we should talk about and stuff like that but so far like we've had a lot of builds to feature and there's like an endless amount you know we both run bmw pages so there's there's always something that we can find to feature and i think one thing i figured out too is talking about things that i'm passionate about because then you can talk about it like it's a freestyle it's not like having to read off a script it's more of like okay bmws we know a lot about e30s e46s e90s like we can talk about this for days yeah that's why this podcast has been like such a like it's so easy to talk like every time i do it we do this for 20 30 minutes and it feels like five minutes yeah and then we like we get off the podcast and we press stop recording and we're like oh my god that was 29 minutes yeah so it's crazy to see that but um the the point of bringing up life of Paulus, he just moved into a new i don't know if it's a new house or a new office but he has some really cool stuff on his walls his his backdrop has always interested me because i know when i watched him originally he had like a neon sign he put up and some other stuff so he just moved into a new spot. Um, I, I want to say congrats on your growth of the channel, dude. I remember, I think I followed you at 20,000 subs and then you hit a hundred and now I think you're almost to 200 and your, your format is doing great. I think you're supplying such good information to people that people want to have that snackable content to understand, to listen to. And then they, they come to not just anybody, but I think that your intent is, is very positive and you have a, a, a good goal of, of making sure that people understand this in a way where it's not, it's not so much of like you just giving an opinion, you're just stating facts. So it's cool to see the honesty behind it and the positivity. And there is the negative side of it, which is drama, which that's, what's, that's what people want to see, which kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's definitely, I mean, that's how most people use, like, uh, they use drama for clickbait and, you know, they put it in their thumbnails and stuff like that, which is, that's just how it works. You know, people want to know the juicy details, mm-hmm. but uh, I think he approaches it very uh, neutrally, which is like the way to do it. Yeah. You know, he doesn't take sides or anything. And he always, like, I know when the kind of like DDE and I think it was Parker and Alex thing was going on kind of recently, he kind of reported it. And then 
you know, two videos after he was like, okay, we're going back to normal, yeah, like positive stuff, n- no more drama stuff. So that's that's the best thing to be. I think he stays away from it, which is awesome. That's that's a great way to be. I think stepping into it once in a while and giving people information on it is good. But I think that when you start milking something, it yeah. be- it becomes like your reputation starts to go down. I I won't say who it was, but I recently saw somebody who was reporting something and they milked it like crazy. Yeah. Like posting and posting and posting and sharing and sharing. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. And it was just like, you know what, man, I'm, I know this person is a good friend of mine and I'm just like, you know what? I don't think that's the right approach, which I believe they deleted the content. I think that after some time after the shock factor kind of wore off, they were like, Oh wait, we realized that. And I've, I've done the same thing. I have a video of somebody getting arrested at a car show that I'm not going to share, but I wanted to. And I went back and forth and I was like, I can't do this, man. So yeah, I, um, I give props to Life Apollos for doing this. Uh, the format is great. I think that what he's doing is really cool. So we just wanted to give him a shout out, even though he has he has some pretty heavy clout, some really good views on his videos. I think this is something that has inspired us. So thank you for the inspiration. Yeah, thank you. That was 21 minutes. Um, oh, should we talk about Lil Uzi Vert? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this is so bad. I am... Uh, I'm an avid TikTok user and there's some really funny videos on there and I hope that I still have it saved. I think I sent it to you in a DM or so. I think I screen recorded it, I hope. Um, yeah. There's a video of, so Uzi Vert, I've, I've DM'd him a couple of times. We've talked back and forth about cars, which is really cool to, to talk to him about cars. He, he was asking about a G-Wagon that I posted, a Brabus one. And he he's bought a Bugatti. He bought like 20 other cars. He wrapped them in crazy colors and <laughs> I can't even... Oh my God. I found a video of him showing somebody like a, I think he was in New York or something. And he, he's, he's like, yeah, yeah. You want to hear the car? And Uzi Vert goes up to the door, opens the door and the car was sitting for probably a couple hours. It looked like. So he, he presses the start button and before it even cranks over, his foot is to the floor <laughs> on the throttle, just bouncing off a cold rev limiter. Sick. And you can hear the car just like hurting. And dude, <laughs> it sounded pretty good, but yeah, definitely not a good idea. To, no, I mean, assuming it was cold, if it it might have been warm, like maybe you just went into the store for yeah, like Yeah, I don't know. It didn't seconds. sound good though. Who knows? I was just... Oh, you like it? I was just like, la- I sent it to Parker right away and I was like, Uzi, please don't. I want to DM him like, bro, take care of your engines, please. But he's at, the, he's at the point where, dude, he makes so much money. That's the last thing on his mind. Oh, yeah. He doesn't care. No. Let's I, get a new Urus. I was, when I worked at McLaren one time in 2012 or 13, uh, some guy came in to look at a car and he did the same thing. One of the sales guys let him sit in the car and he wanted to hear it. And the dude pressed the, bu- the button and he revs it like, the thing of a showroom car, those sit for like two or three yeah. to five days at a time. Yeah. Cold motor starts it up foot to the floor. Instantly McLaren, like go to your local dealer, get it checked. The car goes in a limp mode and smoking <laughs> out the back. Oh and dude, God. it was like five 30 in the afternoon. So we'd get off at six. That's the last thing you want to deal with. Yeah. So we had to take the car to the showroom, get it towed to the dealership the next morning, get it looked at. And like, sure <laughs> enough, one of the turbo hoses blew off. Oh my God. Because it's cold. It's not going to be able to handle that kind of pressure of, of boost and everything and just suddenly be able to handle that. Yeah. No, you need the you need the right oil temps for proper lubrication. And that's something like I think it's worth mentioning. Yeah, go go into detail. Let's hear it, Parker. Explain why you should not well, drive fast within the don't drive your car fast. Don't go over four thousand three thousand RPMs until it's warm. Yeah. Especially for like performance cars, like 
an Urus or a BMW, like M car, stuff like that. Regular kind of daily drivers, they don't have as like, uh, since they're not high performing engines, it's not as big of a deal, but basically, uh, you got to let the oil warm up, um, because there's a certain, like, I guess the word lubricity that it has to get to. Viscosity. That's a a big word, you know, (laughs) like, yeah. So cold, cold oil, it will be thicker than when it's warm. So think about it that way. You know, you want the oil to be the right temperature to lubricate the metals that are wearing against each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so when oil is cold, the metal will be wearing a lot faster. And that's like a problem with the uh, E92 M3s is that they have rod bearing issues. And a lot of it, a lot of the rod bearing wear is from those really tight clearances and cold oil you know people read those things probably like way too prematurely so yeah especially with the rev range you have you got almost nine thousand rpms to play with exactly so yeah definitely if you have like a performance car stay away from that because you'll probably break something or find metal shavings like eventually in your oil and that's a sad thing too going back to working at lambo and mclaren i'd see it all the time man. you see somebody buy a brand new like aventador and they go off the lot and it's still cold and just full throttle. Yeah. I'm like, dude, this, and we, every sales guy goes, we'll see him at service next week. Yeah. And it happens. It legitimately happens. Like you got to make sure that you take care of your car. Like it's a baby. You you can't just, I guess if you're super rich, you don't care. You can, but it's, I I personally love my cars and I never go over 3000 RPMs or 4,000 until the car is, until it's up to temperature. Yeah. I, I would only ever, beat on my civic because it was worth <laughs> about $1,500 that car. I didn't piece. have any mechanical sympathy for cause it was a piece of junk. So you might as well just like have fun with it and attempt to blow it up. But <laughs> with like a BMW, no, I'd never do that. Well, I want to give uh, our last couple minutes to a shout out um, to motorhead garage productions. It is a motorheads children's book series. Uh, we've done their social media for, I believe, eight months, I'd say, if not longer. He, good friend of mine, talking back and forth for the couple last couple of years, and he kind of saw what I was doing with my agency of posting on Instagram and Facebook for all of our clients, managing all their marketing online. And he has a really cool company that makes children's books. They're, one's called T for Turbo. Um, I believe there's, I think, six or seven. He comes out with a lot of new books, which is cool to see because variety is great. But um, yeah, he's got, I think, 12 right now. One is like motorcycles. One's about two JZs. I have. I'll put on the screen right here the whiny supercharger. It's really cool because it's a it's a kids series that you can teach your kids about cars in a uh, younger manner where they can actually absorb it and understand it and start them young. So just wanted to give a shout out to them. I, I appreciate you guys so much for the support on the business side, and I think you guys are doing a great thing for the community. We post a lot of photos of the the parents with the kids, and it's really humbling to see that. So. Big shout out to you guys. Just wanted to give a shout out to a small business owner. And I think that's it, Parker. We're at 27 minutes. Yeah, that's it. Uh, thanks everyone for watching. And uh, we appreciate, did you mention the uh, subscriber count? I think we're at a 499. Five, 500. Let's call it 500. 500 subscribers on YouTube. Thank you guys so much, Parker. You want to hit one of those things so we can celebrate the oh 10th episode. God, I hope it's Thank, just hit a good one. Thank you guys so much for watching the Spencerberg podcast. We appreciate your support. If you guys can subscribe on Spotify, on Facebook, on YouTube, and also we're coming to Apple Store very soon. So if you can, go ahead and hit the subscribe button on YouTube. Hit the thumbs up button. Help us on the algorithm get to 1,000 subscribers by the end of the month. That's right. We appreciate the support so much. Parker, press the button again.
Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time. Peace. See you next time. <laughs> see ya. It's so obnoxious. <laughs>